بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسوله الكريم نبينا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين أما بعد Allah's Messenger alayhi salatu wasalam, he said in the well-known hadith recorded by Imam al-Bukhari wa Muslim, the hadith of Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu, إِنَّمَا الْأَعْمَالُ بِالنِّيَاتِ Indeed actions are only by intentions, meaning actions are only considered based upon their intentions. Actions are only considered based upon the intentions of those actions, of the one who did those particular actions. So by way of the intention, whether the action is valid or not, whether the action is accepted by Allah or not, is determined. So if the action, the act of worship was performed seeking the pleasure of Allah, then it's accepted. The action that was according to the that was in accordance to the Sunnah. The action that was performed with the intent of not doing it for Allah is rejected. Likewise, the intention by way of it, the act of worship that is obligatory is distinguished from the act of worship that is recommended. So a person he enters into the masjid. And he prays to raka'at. Another person, he enters a masjid and he, and he performs to raka'at. The former, his to raka'at were raka'at that were mustahab. He was praying nawafil, for example. The latter, his to raka'at, they were raka'at that were performed for a salah that was wajib. For example, he performed salat al-fajr. And likewise, the niyyah, just as it distinguishes between those actions that Allah accepts and rejects, those actions that are done as an obligatory deed, and those actions that are done as a supererogatory deed, likewise, the niyyah, it distinguishes adat from ibadat, adat habits, like eating and drinking going to sleep and so on and so forth the niyyah distinguishes your adat your habits those things that you do on a habitual basis from your ibadat from your acts of worship and this is the point that we want to draw our attention to concerning this point the fact that the, in, the intention is the thing that distinguishes your habits from your acts of worship. Concerning this, Sheikh Muhammad ibn Salih al-Uthaymeen, he said, he said that the aqil, the one that is intelligent, the one that is intelligent, he's wise, he's clever, he's shrewd. The aqil is the one that converts, transforms his adat into ibadat. Again, the aqil, the clever one, the intelligent one, he is the one that transforms and converts his habits, those things that you do without thinking, those things that you do on a habitual basis. He transforms them into ibadat. He transforms them into acts of worship. 
But the Ghafil Shaykh, he said, Shaykh Muhammad ibn Salih al-Uthaymeen, one of the greatest scholars of this era, he said that the Ghafil one, Ahlul Ghafla, the people that are heedless, the people that are asleep, they are those people who convert their ibadat, they transform their acts of worship into adat, into habits. So he prays, but he only prays because it's a habit, it's a cultural practice. He's grown up in a Muslim land, he lives in a Muslim land, so he prays. Why? Why does he pray? Well, because it's the custom of the people that are, that are of the land that I live in. Why does he fast in Ramadan? Oh, it's our culture, you see, that's why we fast. Perhaps if he was to relocate from Darul Islam to Darul Kufr, from a land of Islam to a land of disbelief, perhaps he'd stop praying. Perhaps he'd stop fasting. Why? Because it's not the culture anymore. It's not a habit anymore. So before he was praying and fasting and what have you, he was engaged in worship because it was a habit. It was an ada. That's the people of Ghafla. That's the people that you don't want to be like. That's the people that you don't want to be like and you want to keep away from. So you want to be from the first category that the Sheikh he spoke about. The aqil, the intelligent person, is the one that transforms his habits those things that he does on a habitual basis into ibadat, into acts of worship. So how? Should we have some should we look at some examples? For example, a person goes to sleep. Sleep is in and of itself just a permitted act. It's not wajib, it's not haram, it's mubah. It's permissible for you to do so. However, if you, before you sleep, have an intention that by way of this sleep, I want to earn the pleasure of Allah. By way of this sleep, I want to earn, I want Allah to love me. By way of this sleep, I want to see the face of Allah in the afterlife. How? Because by way of this sleep, I'm going to be re-energized. And when I become re-energized, and I can pray to Allah and I can worship Allah with strength. If you go to sleep with that type of intention, that six, seven, eight hour uh, sleep that you are engaged in, it becomes an act of worship now. So now you're profiting from a quarter of your whole day or even a third perhaps of your, of your whole day if you're sleeping for eight hours. And that's a third of your day that you're profiting from without doing any effort. One thing that you had to do is change the intent behind it. Be conscious of why I'm doing it and then direct that intention to earn the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Same thing applies with other permitted, permissible matters like eating food. You eat food but you have the intent that by way of this food I want to earn the pleasure of Allah. I want my body to be strengthened in order to be able to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Likewise, going to the gym, for example, going to a male-only gym, not to a gym where there are, but you know, women can pop up and what have you, not into a gym where they have music blasting, but into a, a gym where there's no violation of the sharia. You go to this gym and you are lifting weights and what have you, that lifting of weights and that uh, on the treadmill and all of that that you're doing, can convert it into worship so you have the intent you get into your car you turn on the engine i'm gonna go to the gym why am i going there now be conscious of 
Why are you going there? Why am I going there? I'm going to go to the gym so I can strengthen my body so that I, so that I can be strong when I'm worshipping Allah. Ah, this leads us to the next point. I'm going to the gym so I can beautify my body as well. Strengthen my body, beautify my body. For whom? For whom? For your wife, for example. For your wife, for example. Now, yes. The type of ma'roof that you are due from them, the type of goodly conduct that you're due from your wife, then likewise they do something like that as well. As Ibn Abbas he said, I beautify myself for my wife just like I want my wife to beautify herself for me. So you go to the gym, pumping iron. Now, if it's the case that you have the intent that I'm going to go to the gym, pumping this iron in order to impress my wife and make myself look nice and attractive to my wife. Ah, yeah, that's turned into ibadah for you now. Now in the gym that you're in, all that time that you're in that gym, it's ibadah. So now the point, the thing that we want to lead this to is that it's not only in your habits that are limited to yourself, like eating and drinking and sleeping and going to the gym, even wearing nice clothes. Sheikh Huthaymin, he said, putting on nice clothes in order to go out so that people can see the blessing of Allah upon you, ibadah. You want to make apparent the blessing of Allah upon you. But not just the habits that are restricted to yourself. Now those other habits, there are mu'amalat, there are interactions, your interactions with other people. For example, again your wife. The interaction that you have with your wife. How are you? You come home from work, how are you? How have the kids been? What you been up to? And so on and so forth. Whatever conversation is the habitual practice between you and your wife. If you engage in that conversation in order to seek the pleasure of Allah, yani to demonstrate ihsan towards her, goodness towards her, that conversation becomes an act of worship. To the extent, as the Messenger والسلام, he said in the hadith recorded by Imam Bukhari and Muslim, up until Hatta even the luqma, even the morsel of food that you put into the uh, mouth of your wife, even that you are rewarded for, as long as you, as long as you seek the reward from Allah for doing that. You get the roti, you put it in the, uh, I don't know, gobi gosht, Put it in your wife's mouth. Yes, if you intend when you're doing that to please Allah, that act that you've done is converted now, transformed now. You're profiting now. Transformed into an act of worship. Imam An-Nawi, he said concerning this, he said, look at this. The pinnacle of pleasure, the pinnacle of enjoyment for a man is his wife. Out of all worldly enjoyments, the pinnacle is the wife. Yet, the person can convert this act when a person puts food, physically puts food, in the mouth of his wife. This is usually done out of mulatafa and muda'aba. It's done out of playing and enjoying the company of the wife. He gets the morsel of food and he puts it towards the mouth of his wife, puts it inside the mouth of his wife. Usually this is done out of just enjoying the company of the wife and playing with her and so on and so forth. Yet this act 
that is from the, for a lack of better terms, from the top ten of different acts that a person can engage in, that of dunyawi matters that bring enjoyment and pleasure and what have you, this act can be converted into an act of worship. If it's the case that some of these matters that are from the pinnacle of dunyawi matters can be converted into acts of worship, then how about other matters that are that are less than that? So therefore, for example, you talking to your Muslim brother, how are you? Are you okay? How are the kids doing? He doesn't even need to know your intent behind it. But you could just be having this conversation with him. How are you doing? You okay? Your kids, are they okay? Uh, how's work going? And you engage in small talk, as they say. Your intent behind it is what? Just to give your brother some company. Just to give him some of your friendly company. Now, if you intend, you have to have the intention. If you intend and you're conscious at that moment in time that I'm doing this to earn nothing except the pleasure of my Lord, that little, that, that little small talk converts into an act of worship you open the door you open the door when you're leaving the masjid for example you open the door when you're leaving some type whatever location it may be and you tell the person after you if you're conscious at that moment in time that i'm doing this to seek the pleasure of my lord to see the face of my maker it becomes an act of ibadah you're reversing out of your driveway you see your neighbor you wave your hand you're okay Muslim, not Muslim, Christian, Jew, atheist, Hindu, Buddhist. Doesn't matter. He's your neighbor. You've been commanded to be good and kind to your neighbor. You're reversing out. You see your neighbor. You wave your hand at your neighbor. You're okay and so on and so forth. But you have in your mind that I'm only doing this to seek the pleasure of my Lord. The neighbor doesn't need to know your intention. You know your intention. And thus it turns into an act of worship and so on and so forth. So point being, what do we want to extract from this? That be conscious of your acts, your acts that are mubah, your acts that are by default permissible. Be shrewd and wise and clever and intelligent and convert those permissible acts into acts of worship. Allah Ta'ala, a'lamu sallallahu ma'ala nabiyyina Muhammad, walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.